The theme of the conference was honor the king, honor the king. And we're told in Romans chapter 13 and verse number 7, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now, in this passage of Scripture, which is really dealing with government and the authorities in our life, we're told by God to give honor to whom honor is due. What he's saying, beloved, is it says, if there's somebody in your life who stands out, if there's somebody that maybe is a cut above, they stand above the crowd, or if there's someone that has gone above and beyond for you, if there, if there is one in your life who has been faithful to the end or one who has risen to the place that he is due some honor, he says, then by all means, give it to him. Recognize him and honor him. Or would you agree with me tonight that if there's anybody in our life who stands head and shoulders above the rest, who has gone above and beyond, who has been faithful, it is the Lord God Almighty. The heartbeat of the conference was that we would honor the king. The text verse for the week was 1 Peter 2.17. I'm not going to be there long. By the time you get there, I'll be gone. He says in 1 Peter 2.17, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Honor the king. That is the proposition, the question, the heartbeat I have for you tonight is to implore you to approach every aspect of your life with does this honor the king? Will this honor the king? We are to render honor to whom honor is due. And if there's anybody in our life who is due some honor, it is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We ought to approach each and every aspect of our daily life with the question, does this honor the king? When we're faced with the temptation that would pull us away from God, in our heart and mind ought to be the question, does this honor the king? When you are tempted to be lazy and not do what you know what God wants you to do, in your heart and mind ought to be, does this honor the king? We ought to be driven and motivated by that which honors the king and discourage and shun those things which do not honor the king. I'll tell you what, beloved, if more Christians would live with the mindset of does this honor the king, it would transform Christianity as we know it. Brother Eric Ramos preaching, the one opportunity that he had to speak during the week made the declaration He said, you're putting your priorities on display. And he went on and said, show me who you honor, and I will show you who you are. Show me who you honor, and I will show you who you are. A lot of times with young people, they have their people they look up to. Maybe some sports figures. Somebody that's accomplished something great in society or in this world. I don't know. Adults, maybe we grow out of that a little bit. But listen, let me encourage you. If there's anybody we ought to be looking up to, it's the Father. 
If there's anybody that ought to have a place on our wall whose picture we should hang there, it shouldn't be some movie star. It shouldn't be some basketball player who goes out on the weekend and gets drunk and does drugs and cheats on their mate. We shouldn't be lifting up this world's people. What we ought to be doing is lifting up Jesus. We ought to put scripture verses on the wall. We ought to put the, the, the cross that Jesus died and gave his life for us on the wall. We ought to look for a way to lift up and honor Jesus. Him and him alone. Will you purpose tonight to honor the king? I suppose one of the greatest honors a parent has as his kids get older is that his children want to be with him. What a, what a joy when your kids want to be with you as a parent. Pastor Jim Leslie took Alicia and that rascal that's interested <laughs> in, him, in her out on a date. And uh, they, went, they went out to eat, and we heard this secondhand, but... Um, they were sitting there and Pastor Jim was just kind of dig into their life a little bit and kind of give them some words of wisdom and such. And he said to Alicia, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? And Stephen spoke up and said, 821 Shawan Road. <laughs> and she looked at him and she said, hey, buddy, one day if you don't mess it up, all that love and respect I have for my dad might be yours. <laughs> So don't give me a hard time if I want to go home. And uh, that makes this guy happy. I mean, there's nothing like your kids wanting to be around you. Do you want to be around the king? When uh, Pastor Derek, some weeks ago, Pastor Derek was in with the youth, and he was explaining this particular trip, the EY and what was going to happen, and of course the situation where he's got all these little kids, and I don't have any little kids anymore. They're in class, and he says, so this EY, I'm not going to be going. Pastor Caleb's going to be taking you. And Melissa goes, yes! <laughs> and then she's like, oops. <laughs> Pastor Derek's like, um... I'm going to take that, that you were excited about having your dad present. <laughs> so he came and told me, he's like, you know, really, it's pretty amazing that a 15-year-old girl wants her dad on the trip instead of wants somebody else. A lot of young people would want anybody else on the trip but their own parents. What I'm saying tonight is, our first point here is we honor the king when we want to be close to him. When we want to be close to him. You know, Pastor Jim Leslie described the, the frozen Christian. You know, the fire begins to wane and the heart begins to get hard when we drift away from the Father. When we're not right at hand... Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord saith, For as much as this people draw near with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. I think about Peter, that bold saint of God, 
who declared himself to be loyal to God to the end. You know, Jesus described those that would turn away and even said to Peter, you're going to deny me? And he says, no way, not me. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Of course, God knowing his heart. When Peter sees that Christ is taken, we, we see the phrase there that Peter begins to follow afar off. He begins to distance himself a little bit. We find him there. Instead of getting his warmth from the fire, like those men on the road to Emmaus who were walking with Jesus, and they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Instead of getting his warmth from the presence of Jesus himself, he went to the fire of the world to get warm and found his own heart growing cold. I think of a friend of mine growing up. I remember how ashamed he was of his parents when she would bring him or drop him off for school Jaime would always tell her, stop right here. Stop, stop a block before school. I don't want anybody to see. I don't want anybody to know. His father was a drunk and caused a lot of problems in the home. It's a rough situation. But I remember feeling so bad for his mom. Just bringing him to school and she, he would just throw a fit if, if she drove all the way to the school. He wanted to get out a block ahead of time because he was ashamed. How many of us Christians are following Christ from afar? Are we ashamed? We want to be close enough to see what's happening. We want to be close enough that if there's some great miracle, we might be on the edge of it. But far enough away, we might not be mistaken for one of his. They said, Peter... Aren't thou? He said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, yeah, yeah, this is he that was with the Christ. This is, this is him. Your speech betrayeth thee. And to try and convince them that he was not, he cursed God. Beloved, we honor God when we're close at hand. When we're close at hand, how close are you to the king? Are you getting your warmth from him or from the world's fire? I think of the prodigal who came to himself and realized how good he had it in the father's house. And then he got up and went back. Beloved, we honor the king, when we're close at hand, when we're right there. We honor the king, secondly, when we're holy. The story was spoken of this week and alluded to in several different situations, but in Genesis chapter 39, if you'd like to turn there, this is the story of Joseph. In Genesis 39, verses 7, 8, and 9, he says, And it came to pass after these things, that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and he said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, want not what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all 
that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph is one who was blessed of God. Over and over again, we see the blessing of God poured upon Joseph. But I believe that the reason he was blessed so richly is because Joseph was willing to suffer rather than shame the father. He was willing to endure suffering, go to prison, go to jail, be rejected, be knocked down to nothing and lifted back up by God over and over and over again rather than shame his God. On Monday night, Dr. Mitchell was preaching, and he said, young people, it is far better to lose your cloak than to lose your character. Where he was dealing with and teaching the young people that it's okay to run from sin. It's far better to lose your cloak than to lose your character. Beloved, we honor God when we live holy lives. We honor the king when we live holy lives. The next time you're ready to turn that remote and watch something on the television, when you're ready to click that link on your phone or your device and and you're ready to watch that next thing, ask of yourself, is this going to honor God? We honor him when we live holy lives. When you look at that and say, no, your flesh wants to see it. Your flesh desires to take it in. You, you have an appetite for it. But when you say no, that honors the king. That honors the king. We see, thirdly, that we honor the king when we're humble. When we're humble. Pride, beloved, is an undue sense of superiority. It's an undue sense of superiority. Have you ever done something that you felt so foolish that it stuck with you? I have a number of those that I can refer to. (laughs) I'll try and share one that is a little less shameful at this point in my life. (laughs) But I remember as a young teen, we were having uh, an Olympics at our school. And we were competing. And there was one particular family that had three teenage girls that always came to school. And, of course, me being a teenage guy, saw something there. And we were doing this Olympic theme. And I was running. That's the track I told you before. The one that Carla beat me. You remember the, the, the half-mile race or mile race? Well... We were getting ready for this big Olympic, and all the families are showing up and everything. And I was waiting for this car with these teenage girls to show up. And I was just waiting. And then when they pulled in the parking lot, I was like, <clears throat> stretching, just, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I was, just, I was just putting on a show, man. <laughs> I was stretching out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I look back now, and in my mind, I'm like, boy, was I an idiot. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, you talk about an undue sense of superiority. <laughs> there was nothing to be superior about, but I was, do, I was putting on a display, man. You would have thought I was, uh, <laughs> what, Hussein Bolt. I mean, I, you thought I was going to run the Olympics or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I lost to a girl. <laughs> What hast thou that thou hast not received? Man, we get so full of pride in this life over the dumbest things. God gave us everything we are and everything we have. It all came from him. But why is it so hard for us to overcome that? You understand, beloved, pride is the source of enmity between men. And pride is the source of enmity between God and man. And yet we are constantly puffed up and filled with pride. I think of Nebuchadnezzar, that king whom God blessed. And he had a kingdom that to this day stands in the history books as an amazing kingdom, the structure, and all the things that they built, and all that God blessed their nation with. And yet, he got puffed up in pride, and God sent a dream and said, you're going to be taken down. And he didn't repent, and God humbled him, turned him into a beast, where for a period of seven Years, they believe. He ate grass in the field. I mean, God had to adjust his digestive system (laughs) just to do that. Lived on grass like a beast of the field. You know, would you turn in the Bible over there? Let's look at that story. That's in... uh, Is it in Daniel? Daniel chapter 4, yeah. Daniel chapter 4. So, you know, beloved, I have a verse here that God gave me in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 20. You go to Daniel 4, but he says in Isaiah 43, verse 20, he says, The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen He says, listen, the beast of the field will honor me because they know where the water comes from. You see, we lose track of where all the blessing comes from. And we get puffed up in pride. And God had to humble him. Look in Daniel chapter 4 all the way down. I think it's the last verse, verse number 37. After he was humbled by God, see what Nebuchadnezzar says. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are true and his ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. I mean, if there's anybody that has a testimony of how God can humble you, it's Nebuchadnezzar. All who walk in pride, God's able to abase. But beloved, when we live humbly, 
we're honoring the king. That's what Nebuchadnezzar says. He says, I realize now that I've got to honor the king. In 1 Samuel 2, verse number 30, he says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. What an amazing thing to be honored by God. To be honored by God. The question tonight is, will you approach every aspect of your life with the guiding truth that this honors God or it dishonors him? And make your decision and set your action and fulfill your purpose based on whether it honors God or not. I believe that alone will transform our Christian walk.